you ever thrown you the curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here. So excited to welcome you to another episode of the Living Your Legacy Show. As always, in this Living Your Legacy Show, I seek to find legacy makers who are creating extraordinary legacies and the professionals who support them. And I love it when the two line up just so and we get a legacy maker who also happens to be a professional who supports people. And today is no exception. So today we want to talk about the things that get in your way of creating your legacy. We know that anytime you set yourself a big goal, almost immediately big obstacles start showing up. But in addition to those big obstacles are all those crazy little squirrels that take our attention. Those things where you're like, oh yeah, I've got to do this. Oh yeah, right. I forgot to do that. And those little things that become really time consuming that ultimately can totally derail you away from what it is you're trying to accomplish. And for some of us, That happens a lot. I know like for me, we were just talking off screen that things come up in my life and I'm like, oh, I need to hit pause and I got to go do something else. And then how do you kind of reorganize yourself to get back into focus and back into momentum? Well, today's guest is going to talk to us a lot about that because she's got a lot of experience and a lot of things to share. So let me introduce you to her. This is my dear friend, Barb Hubbard. I adore Barb. She has to be one of the sweetest women I have ever met. But boy, is she knowledgeable. When she gets going, I'm like, wow, I am so floored by the things that she says that are not, it's not things you haven't heard before, but she says it in a way that's so real, that resonates so strongly that you're like, oh, I could do that. So let me tell you a little about her, and then we'll get into what she's going to talk about. Barb Hubbard is a time management coach and ADHD specialist, and that's where I got in touch with her because I'm like, that's cool, that title. I'm curious to know more about what that is, and we're going to talk about that. She loves supporting ambitious individuals who have big goals, and I love that. Barb started her career as an elementary level special education teacher. We're going to pick into that a little bit. Barb, after many years of teaching children and supporting their parents, which interestingly enough is actually a big part of what teachers do, Barb began to notice that distractibility 
forgetfulness and disorganization were not limited to the classroom. With a desire to help adults achieve their dreams, Barb launched her coaching business in 2018. With love and compassion, she helps her clients move toward their goals by breaking them into organized and manageable steps and guiding them to the finish line. I love that. Barb helps dreamers discover clarity, find their focus, and feel motivated to work on the big, scary projects on their to-do list. Now, if this resonates with you, you need to listen on because Barb is going to fill us in with a bunch of tips. Barb, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have this conversation with you. Oh, I can't wait. So let's start with when you were in grade four and the teacher asked you what you wanted to be when you grow up. A time management coach and ADHD specialist, I'm pretty sure not even on the top 1000 list. So tell us, what did you want to be and what was your journey to get here? I started out in elementary school actually wanting to be a teacher. My mom was a teacher. My grandpa was a teacher. Teaching ran in the family. And so I think it was kind of... um, like an obvious choice. Like, oh, well, of course I'm going to do that. I liked supporting others. I liked helping others. Um, and then by middle school, I completely abandoned that idea. <laughs> I wanted to do anything but being a teacher. And I kind of rambled around and, and thought of different things. For a while, I wanted to be an architect, mm-hmm. but um, math got in the way of that. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> and then I, I thought, well, maybe interior design. Um, by college, I was a psychology major. I had circled back around to this idea of supporting others and helping others. And, and ultimately, that was and continues to be my passion. Mm-hmm. And in college, I discovered special education. I worked in the summers for a, a friend's mom who worked with kids with severe and profound disabilities. Mm -hmm. And I had that summer job and I um, pursued that and got a degree in special education. Um, So I did circle back around to teaching. (laughs) Um, And I was a teacher for 20 years. Um, So I I did that for a very long time. Um, Ultimately, the demands that are placed on teachers really pushed me away. It wasn't the teaching itself. I love to teach. I am still a teacher at heart, but those demands um, of paperwork and meetings and long hours and training and all of that stuff that mm-hmm. is outside of the being in the classroom, that's what what had me leaving the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was trying to figure out how do I take these years of experience and use them moving forward, right? And Um, I thought I might be a health coach for a bit. And as I was researching that, I discovered there was such a thing as ADHD coaching. Hmm. And it was one of those light bulb moments where I went, oh my goodness, that's a thing. (laughs) Like I could be an ADHD coach. And I had worked with all of these kids and their families who had ADHD and learning disabilities and autism, which, you know, all of it overlaps. They all Mm -hmm. have similar things they work on. Um, And my, I have 
family members also who have ADHD. So um, I had been an ADHD mom. So I pursued that. I got certified as an ADHD coach. Um, And interestingly, then I had all these other people coming to me and saying, well, I don't have ADHD, but I struggle to be focused or I have this big goal and I don't know how to break it down and where to get started. Mm -hmm. Or um, people would just say like, you know, I I don't know how to create a schedule that works for me. I'm overwhelmed. And that is where the time management coach kind of came out. And I said, it doesn't matter to me if you have ADHD or not. I can support you anyway with all of the same strategies and Mm -hmm. support Mm -hmm. and time management coach and ADHD specialist Mm -hmm. merged into one. And that is what I've been doing for four out of the five years that I've been coaching. I love that. I love how it was such a natural progression from all the experience and tools that you have because teachers grow a really big toolkit. Um, It's kind of like Santa's bag. It's bottomless. (laughs) It looks like it's very lightweight and, and a skilled teacher looks like this yeah, is no big deal, but really they have this, you know, they reach or Mary Poppins purse, like they can yeah. literally jump in, go to the library that's in there, pull out stuff and come back out and provide resources. So I love how all of that just kind of flowed for you um, into the direction you're working with. And now predominantly, who are you working with in your coaching business? Yeah. So when I started coaching, I could not afford office space. So immediately I ruled out continuing to work with kids Mm -hmm. and I started working with parents. Um, That shifted when I had other friends and and women I was meeting coming to me. So for the last four years, I've predominantly worked with women, Mm-hmm. either who find out they have ADHD and want to learn more about it and want that support, or mm-hmm. they just want control over their schedule. They want to take steps towards a big goal. And um, they lead busy lives. They are moms. They are entrepreneurs often. They are, you know, wear, they wear many hats. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out how to um, have harmony with all of those hats that they wear. I totally resonate with this idea of wanting to have control over the schedule. Um, I have a great schedule, but there are extraneous factors in my life that tend to take over. And so I have to be very willing to be able to push pause and reschedule. And that's kind of always the juggle for sure. And I know a lot of people feel that way in particular, because you're right, women wear so many different hats. Uh, It's very rare, I think, to find a woman who wears a singular hat. Um, we do tend to wear multiple hats all kind of at the same time. It's almost comical looking, right? Like yes. you've got your mom hat, your business hat, your this hat, yeah. your that hat, mom's Uber hat, yeah. right? You're all, yeah. you're wearing them all at the same time and trying to figure out how to do things. Um, exactly. so it's like I, a Dr. Seuss character, it, totally it, you know, is. we don't take one hat off and put the other on. We just pile them up. High. We do. We do. <laughs> So I I totally feel that. And I resonate with this idea of wanting to have more control over the schedule. And so let's talk a little about some of the challenges that your clients have faced that you've been able to help them work through some, because I'm sure in our audience, there are going to be people who are thinking to themselves, okay, 
So what kinds of things do you actually help with? So let's dig into that a little bit. The, the biggest thing people come to me for is strategies, which I am happy to provide. That's depending on the situation, I have hundreds of strategies that mm-hmm. I can offer, right? Um, so one of the things that I think we often end up talking about first is how do I sit down and look at my calendar and make time for the things I want to do? Because we all make time for the things, you know, the urgent things, mm-hmm. right? We all, it's, it's easier to make time for urgent things. So we respond to the phone call or the email message and we, um, you know, make sure that the oil gets changed in the car, those kinds of things. But most people come to me with some other thing they want to do, some passion project, some um, long-term goal that they're working towards. And they want time for that. So Mm -hmm. generally we're sitting down and we're creating a plan for the week and Mm -hmm. I'm teaching them how to do it on their own. So how do you sit down and create a plan for the week or the month or the year? How do you break down those long-term goals into weekly steps? Mm -hmm. Um, And most of it is stuff that people can do on their own. Um, but they need a little guidance and they need a little help figuring out which planner to use and when do they do it? How do, where, where's the time to do this when I can't even find time for other stuff? Um, so we have a lot of conversations around that. Mm-hmm. I would imagine time management is such a big thing. Um, and it's probably the biggest thing I've ever said. I just don't have time for this. Now, part of the challenge that I face personally is that as a former teacher myself, I am pretty organized. I am pretty outspoken. And so I get invited to be in leadership positions a lot. And and they all sound really interesting, but I, I have to really... Well, I wear glasses, so I have to really kind of put on the the glasses with the filter of what's important. And for me, the thing I've chosen to look at the world through my filter is family first. So I have to ask myself, does this align with a family first view? And if it does, then the next question is, what am I going to take off my plate in order to add this? Because it's really easy to, you know, like that song kids sang about the spaghetti and the meatballs and the meatball (laughs) rolled away. And that's because there's so much on the plate and your plate can only take so many things. And it's really easy to say yes to a lot of things. Sometimes people do it because they don't want to say no they're afraid of judgment sometimes they're curious or it's a new shiny thing and they're all excited about it Uh, sometimes it's a genuine interest or it's in alignment with a direction they want to go in but not really knowing then what to do in terms of those other things plus we always make time for the things that are important to us But we forget that there is actually a lot of other time that we waste. So let's talk about time wasters a little bit, because there's Mm. there's a lot of things that people don't think of as time wasters. But perhaps you could highlight a few time wasters that are pretty common for people. 
So the first thing that popped into my head was wasting your time trying to make a decision. Mm. We waste a lot of time trying to make decisions about, is this important enough to be added to my schedule? Is it not? We, you know, we might go talk to somebody else. We might talk to five different people about it. We might do research about it and then go down that rabbit hole of, well, what about this and this and this and this? Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people, you're right. A lot of people are people pleasers. That's Mm -hmm. what I, you know, the term that I use, I don't want it, they know. Um, but a lot of times people just struggle to make a decision and they waste a lot of time doing that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the typical things, right? Like we waste time on social media. We mm-hmm. waste time watching TV. We waste time doing things that are not in our wheelhouse, right? We might decide, you know what? I am going to build this website because I know I can. <laughs> when really it would be time better spent to do what I'm good at instead of, you know, and and hire somebody to do my website. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We, we do waste a lot of time doing things we feel like we should be able to do, or we know we're capable of doing. Um, But there are always things that only we can do, Mm -hmm. you know, as a coach, only Mm -hmm. I can coach my clients. I can't have anybody else, you know, I, that, that's my number one job, mm-hmm. right? As a mom, only I can be mom to my kids. Mm-hmm. Other people can help out with all of that stuff, but, but things like websites, things like um, cleaning the house, right? I can delegate that stuff. And mm-hmm. even though I'm very capable of doing it all, I can, I don't need to waste time on that. I try delegating and then I waste time trying to chase my kids to get it done. There's that too. (laughs) um, So I feel that one. And truthfully, my dishes are not done. My counters in my kitchen are completely a disaster zone and I will get to it when I pick up my kids because that's, they're going to be hungry anyway. I'm going to be in the kitchen. So this is a good time to do that. It's a natural kind of connection. Whereas if I do it in the morning when I should be getting to work that literally gobbles up a bunch of time that then I feel really stressed about because I need the time to do the things that are important so I totally understand that and I think it's about really shifting how we see things Mm -hmm. like one time somebody suggested to me to track how much TV and Netflix mm-hmm. and YouTube videos you watch as in hours a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was shocking it to shocking. realize yeah. how much time <laughs> was spent there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, I think too, recognizing when you work the best. I happen to be a better morning worker. I'm fresher in the morning. Ideas flow easily. I can get more done. Whereas nine, 10 o'clock at night, I'm getting tired. My thoughts are a little more jumbled. I'm definitely not as focused. So whereas my younger son comes alive at night and he's very focused and very productive then. And I scratch my head and think, all right, you work. I'm going to bed. Yes. Because we're very different people. Yeah. So recognizing those things. So I would urge our audience to actually log it. You think you're not spending a lot of time doing these extraneous, less than important things, um, you know, how much time do you spend scrolling social media? 
Mm-hmm. Are you there? Yeah. And then suddenly mm-hmm. an hour, an hour and a half is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really important to notice that because there's a time and a place for that, but not when you've got important things you need to do. So it's important to kind of recognize that there are time periods. This is a lesson to me from me, time periods that I could get more done if I was more focused in those time periods. So I scroll social media when I'm tired at night and my brain is, you know, I'm just, I'm checked out. So I'm like, la, 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 scroll, scroll, scroll. That's a good time for me. Whereas in the morning, not a good time because that's when I really am better at focusing. Yes. So I love that. Thank you for being a part of the Living Your Legacy podcast community in 2022. We can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year. We've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you. The Living Your Legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots. We found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year, only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience. We'd love to help you get your message out. Let's discuss this. Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. So let's talk about some tips and tools and strategies. I love that you said about getting things organized a week at a go. So how would one, how would one do that? I teach people how to sit down and have a strategy session for themselves. And I, I talk about it like this. If you were the CEO of a company, you would have a team of people and you would sit down with them on a regular basis and you would check in. How is this going? How is this part going? How is that part going? And perhaps as a team, but maybe individually, you would assign the next task, right? Okay, well, this is where we need to go with that part. Mm-hmm. Well, we are all CEOs of our own life and we need to act as such right? We cannot go through life just letting things happen to us and just mm-hmm. reacting to the next urgent thing and expect to make progress towards creating our legacy or whatever the next important goal is for you. Mm-hmm. And so I teach people to sit down and look at, all right, home life, let's check in. Where am I at? What are the priorities? What's the next step? Mm-hmm. And then move on to business life, work life. And it doesn't matter whether you're working for someone else or creating your own business. Check in. Where am I at? What feels good? What's not working? Um, I encourage people to look at what's not working with curiosity instead mm-hmm. of judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not about beating yourself up. This right. is about, you know, this, let's figure out why am I procrastinating? Am I overwhelmed? Am I distracted? Do I need to work at a different time of day? Like you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, So identifying priorities, looking at things with curiosity, what's working, what's not in each area of our life and deciding, okay, what are the next steps? And with this process, it, it probably takes 10 or 15 minutes out of your week. Mm -hmm. You have time to do that. Mm -hmm. So once you learn it, 
it's, at first, it can take longer, right? Because it's all a big jumbled mess. But as you practice, it gets very quick. And mm-hmm. then you start to take the step forward that you intend to take forward instead mm-hmm. of just reacting to life. That's beautiful. And I can totally relate to that. One of the areas that I have been personally looking at is what are the things that I've been doing for my children that they can actually do themselves? And looking at taking things off my plate. My boys are both teenagers as of this recording. Um, My oldest son still has some needs that, you know, he needs support in. But my younger son, there are things that he could be doing for himself and my older son too. Uh, My younger son's a little more receptive. My older son is like, no, you've always done this for me. You should just continue to always do this for me. Uh, And so it's a really interesting experience because um, as you were talking, I was thinking, gosh, my younger son just, we had a conversation. He's like, you know, mom, I feel like I should be doing my own laundry. And I thought, oh, that's amazing because I do a lot of laundry. Yeah. And then last week, I didn't know what to do with myself because I am used to just picking up his laundry, taking the laundry basket out, doing his laundry, that kind of thing. And I thought, oh, this is kind of nice. I actually did way less laundry last week because I'm not adding his in. And so there's a bit of an adjustment there mm-hmm. where it's a habit that I've gotten into because, of course, when your kids are little, you do it all. But then it's so easy to forget that they become capable and there are things that I can say, now it's your turn. You know how to do this. You're just not doing it because I am. So if you could take this, it would really help me. Um, And I love that. It's a simple thing, but it's like facepalm, right? You just, you don't think about it because you're just so used to doing it. So I love time to sit down and, and, and think it over, reflect. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not about making a ton of big changes all at once. It's mm-hmm. about tiny little steps. Handing off the laundry to him, especially because he's he decided, right? Like that oh, is always good when they do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the next step, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to throw everything at him at once or hand everything off to him at once. It's mm-hmm. one tiny step. When you do this every week, it's very doable and it's a lot less overwhelming than mm-hmm. you know trying to do it all at once. That is absolutely true. And I really love that you said that because that's well worth thinking about. Um, what is one tiny change that I can make? Maybe it's I'm going to monitor how much I'm watching YouTube, Netflix, right. TV, and I'm going to take one of those hours a week. And I'm going to do something different. Maybe it's the work on that passion project, or maybe it's some me time to regroup and, and recharge whatever you're going to do with it. But then add the next week, something else. Yes. Like, well, I'm going to have a conversation with my son because I've been thinking about my home stuff. Now I'm going to add one more thing on his to-do list that he feels, um, he feels good about because now he is feeling empowered and strong and capable. And I'm allowing him to feel that way by handing off that responsibility. And that gives me another hour in the week to go do this other thing. Um, I love that. 
So I know that you have a new book out. Tell us about your book. Oh, I see you got it on screen there. That's amazing. So tell us all about your book. What was the motivation to write your book? And what can people expect from it? So it's called Quit Chasing Squirrels and Start Chasing Your Dreams. And the motivation for writing it really was my work with my clients. So I had all these clients coming to me several years ago Mm -hmm. saying, if I could only get started. So they were doing what we've already talked about, right? They were identifying what they wanted to do next. And they would get to that moment of something they really wanted to do and not be able to get started. Mm. They also often were not getting started on things that they didn't want to do, like the dishes or whatever. But Mm -hmm. what I was hearing was people with huge passion not getting started on that. Mm-hmm. Right. They were people who wanted to write books. They wanted to, um, one person wanted to go to med school, but mm. just couldn't. It's huge. Yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get started. Couldn't, you know, take that first step. Um, one person wanted to um, create a blog for other moms who were, you know, in a similar parenting situation. Mm-hmm. Couldn't sit down and get started. Big things that mm-hmm. would impact others. And a couple of years ago, over two years ago now, mm-hmm. um, I just compiled a list. I actually was sitting in the car waiting for my child to finish an, an ACT test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm in the car a while. I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about this. I'm just going to put together a list. And I'm typing away on my phone. And I discovered I had almost 50 different ideas. Wow. And that was the the beginning of the book. So initially, the book was going to be 50 hacks to get you started, right? 50 strategies, tips, workarounds to help Mm -hmm. you get started. And I then couldn't get started. (laughs) I could not get started. And Mm -hmm. I tried my own hacks. And I was like, huh, this is really odd. I finally figured out the hack that worked for me, and that was hiring a, a, a hiring accountability. I hired a book coach, and mm-hmm. that was the hack that worked. Okay, I'm going to do this for my book coach. Mm-hmm. And she pulled additional info out of me, and it became a, a bigger book. It became more than just this, you know, 50-page book that mm-hmm. I originally intended. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. So share with us one or two of the tips that you got in there are one or two of the areas that people could focus on. Uh, Because I'm super curious. I bet there are people in our audience who were thinking, well, I need some of that. So tell us a little more about what's in there. What can we expect? So the first four chapters are actually not the hacks in and of themselves, but they're super important. This is what my book coach pulled out of me. Like, well, what, what comes first? And what I realized is people need to figure out what their passion is Mm -hmm. and really feel it, right? Mm -hmm. Like what you really, really want to do. What, you know, if you had all the time and the money in the world, what would it be? Mm -hmm. And we can work backwards from that. So identifying your passion. The second thing is identifying why you're procrastinating. Is it because you're busy? Is it because you're overwhelmed? Those are two totally different reasons. But mm-hmm. when you know why you're procrastinating, you're 
more likely to pick a hack that will work for you, mm -hmm. right? If you're not doing something because you're overwhelmed and you just decide, you know, I'm going to set an alarm, that's not going to help, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That's the, so you got to know why you're procrastinating. And the third thing is knowing yourself. And it's exactly what you shared earlier, right? Do you work better in the mornings or do you work better at night? When are you most focused? Mm -hmm. And so I have a whole chapter of, of kind of helping you figure out what will work best for you. That mm -hmm. is a passion of mine. And it goes back to all my years of teaching and, you know, especially in the special education world, we individualize plans. Mm -hmm. And it carries over into the work I do now, very individualized plan. And then I jump into the hacks and there are four categories. Mm -hmm. The first is accountability. So important. And yeah, it is. It is. And it, it, what I have found about accountability that is so interesting to me is people feel like they shouldn't need accountability. Mm -hmm. They feel like they should just be able to sit down and get stuff done. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, and what I have decided for myself is my need for accountability is no different than any other personality trait that I have. It's no different than the fact that I like chocolate ice cream and not vanilla. Mm -hmm. It is just part of who I am. I need accountability. So I offer about eight different strategies to create accountability for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, another chapter is about finding clarity. That's especially important if you're overwhelmed. Yep. And another chapter is about energy. Sometimes when we're busy, when we have a lot on our plate, we just don't have the energy and we need a little energy boost. Mm -hmm. So doing a few jumping jacks or going for a walk, mm -hmm. um, doing some breathing exercises, right? Those things can offer you energy. There's also the other side of sustained motivation that you get from sleeping well, eating well, those kinds of long-term changes you might make in your mm -hmm. life. And then the fourth category is mindset. And I said earlier that people come to me for strategies, and they do. They leave with the mindset shift mm -hmm. because time management isn't really about time. It's about your mindset. It's about energy. And mm -hmm. if you think you can do this, you absolutely can. If you don't think you can do this, if there is that belief somewhere deep down inside that you can't really launch this, whatever it is that is mm -hmm. your passion, you're not going to. You might do it. It's going to be harder. If you mm -hmm. think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you probably won't. So mm -hmm. the fourth category is around helping that mindset shift, helping those mindset shifts to take place. That is all so important. And you totally took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, if you think you can, you will. If you think you can't, in all likelihood, it's never going to launch um, for sure. Because you're not even going to get on the plane to get on the runway to get going. Exactly. Uh, or you're going to get on the plane and realize you put no gas in it and it yeah. isn't going anywhere. Um, exactly. So there's all these, these pieces. And I, I, really love how you put this all together very comprehensively because truthfully there's the difference between well that's a good idea mm -hmm. and 
I feel deep down in my bones, like I can't stop thinking about it. I'm so interested in this. I, I really feel called to this thing, whatever it is. There's a really big difference between those two. Um, and one is a squirrel thing, like well, that's interesting. And you can go down a bunch of rabbit holes and then be like, eh. yeah. you know, if you're meh yeah. about it, Probably yeah. that's not a good choice, yeah. but getting and, and really that's fine, right? If absolutely, right? Like, okay, you don't need to keep going with that. Yeah, correct. Yes. It is really a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. I heard a quote, and I don't remember who said it. Something to the effect of, "You have to say a bunch of no's to get to a yes," yeah. and it's good to do that. It's not good to be stretched so thin. It's not good to feel like. You literally have nothing left in the tank to give because no matter what you take on, you have nothing left in the tank to give. So it's really important to look at those things and say, well, if that's a meh idea, maybe not the best use of my time, my energy, Mm -hmm. my focus. Whereas this other thing that I heard about, like it just, it's niggling in the back of my mind and it won't leave me alone. And like, I think about it when I going to sleep and I wake up thinking about it, that's really important. That might be something that you are really called to do, particularly in the way of passion projects or Mm -hmm. a shift completely in your life. Like the person who wanted to go to med school, like that's a total trajectory change. Um, but they clearly feel this need to go and pursue that. Yeah. So I think those things are amazing and developing that sense of why Um, Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine, Melissa Barlock said this comment that I love and it's this, your why power is stronger than your willpower. When you define why you are doing this, why it is important to you, what ripples is this going to make in the world? Mm -hmm. Whose life or lives will be changed for the better. It is so much harder to say, yeah, well, I'm just not going to do that. Because now you realize what's on, what's at stake, right? If it's that meaningful to you, if you know in your bones, in your heart and your soul, that this is going to change the world for one person or 10 people or 10,000 people, it is so much harder to say, I'm just not going to do that part. I'm not going to do this piece because it will continue to drive you forward mm-hmm. because you can't ignore that. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is brilliant. Isn't that great? Power. I love that quote. Say it again. Your why? Your why power is stronger than your willpower. I love yep. that. Yep, because it will continue to motivate you forward. Um, And I love the accountability piece. It is important to be accountable to yourself. Mm -hmm. Those little commitments we make to ourselves and either keep or don't keep have a lot to do with your own confidence in yourself. So if I make this commitment to me and I don't keep it, I've let myself down and it's easy to get into a spiral of beating myself up. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I... For example, I'll circle back to the laundry. I'm having a surprisingly difficult time letting my son do his own laundry. I don't know why. (laughs) I just always done it for him. And maybe it's just because it's, you know, I do it with love and and he likes that his laundry smells good and he's got 
clean clothes all the time. I'm not sure what, what the issue is. I'm, I'm not really going to probably put in a lot of time exploring that, but I, I really have been having, maybe it's just, it's such a habit that it's so ingrained that I do it without thinking. Now I'm catching myself. Um, but I have to think about it from, in terms of, I need to let him be accountable to him. So I need to let go of this Mm -hmm. so that he can become, you know, he is not going to live with me forever. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my goal. And I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And so he does need to know how to do this. It's a life skill that he needs to know how to do so that he has clean clothes. So I might as well let him learn it, try it out, do it here, figure out the structures, the strategies. You know, we're really good at putting it in the washer. That's where that stops. Now we need to move on <laughs> yes. to getting it in the dryer. We definitely are not the greatest folder. So, you know, there's some steps that we need to work on, but it is empowering him. And so when I remind myself that that's why I'm doing it, I can be more accountable to keeping that commitment to me and to him. But I also love being accountable to somebody else. I love it. And I don't, if I'm really being honest, right? Because being accountable to somebody else means having to explain yourself when you don't do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that yeah, is a pain it's, point. It, it's so powerful to get things done. Yep. Um, and for me, uh, even when I want to do something, I am more likely, infinitely more likely to do it if I know that somebody is going to ask me about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I, my fir- very first thing I did when I decided to write this book was I shared on social media, I'm going to write a book. And I thought that would be enough of, of a push for me. Mm-hmm. And I did get started, mm-hmm. but it, it fizzled because people would ask and say, oh, yeah, it, it's kind of going, <laughs> you know, right. um, I needed more accountability than that. Um, but for me, I need that urgency. I need the deadlines. And that's how my brain works. And I am now embracing that and accepting of that as mm-hmm. opposed to, no, I should be able to sit down in my chair and start. Like that doesn't usually work for me. I need more mm-hmm. than that. And I, I'm right. okay with it. That's interesting because too many deadlines and I feel very overwhelmed. And now mm-hmm. I don't know where to start. Um, Probably right? because like we're, I, and we're different in that way. Totally. Which is, is great. And I think, I love that you said that because it just goes to show that, that your approach, anyone's approach to getting started on whatever their passion project is, is going to be different for different mm-hmm. reasons. It goes right back to knowing yep. yourself and knowing what works for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you, if too many deadlines is too much for you, then don't do it that way. For yep. me, that's my go-to to get things done. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, because too many deadlines. I'm like, ah, how am I going to factor all these things in? And usually yeah. the deadlines yeah. always line up on like the well, same yeah. week. <laughs> like, oh, this I is think you're overwhelmed with that too. Yeah, so, um, I do like a good deadline because that gives mm-hmm. me an end place that I can say this is done. Check. Yes. Moving yes. on to the next yeah. thing. But I need to, I, I need to understand that I... I may need more time or I need to stagger my deadlines. That's something I'm (laughs) coming to. I need to stagger my deadlines with a little further time in between them 
because I am a special needs parent and quite regularly things shift on me very quickly. And through the lens of family first, I need to be able to focus there and then come back to what I'm doing. So I'm finding if I give myself staggered, bigger space deadlines, then I don't feel nearly as overwhelmed and I am able to get it more done. But you're, that's so amazing that you said that because that just got me thinking about those things. And so again, I'm sure in our audience, people are thinking about now, oh gosh, geez, she said one thing and she said another. I wonder where I fall in between mm -hmm. those two. Those are great questions to ask, yeah. right? Because if you're unaware of how you work the best, it's hard to figure out how you work the worst. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So if you know what, what works really well for you, then you can start shifting the structures of how you're doing things. Yeah. In some places, in other places, yeah. like you're working a nine to five, you're working a nine to five, you're working on that schedule and that's what you got. But in other places in your life, you may be able to shift some things around so that it's more structured in a way that works for you. And I love that you talked about being curious and inquisitive. It's kind of like the great science experiment of life, even though most of us didn't see ourselves as scientists. Right. <laughs> it's about experimenting. It Does this actually work for me? Like you hear someone's tip on how it works. You're like, oh, that sounds amazing. And then you try it you're like, Ugh, not for me. Great. Now, you know, this isn't exactly. the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can start searching for other ways. You can try things out. It's kind of like trying on clothes in the store. You try on a bunch of things before yeah. you pick out the one outfit you really like. Right. Exactly. exactly. And it's important yeah. to do that. How does this feel? How does it fit? How do I feel while I'm doing this? Do I feel really good? Do I feel like I want to pull all my hair out or somebody else's hair because I'm so stressed? <laughs> Right. Yes, How do you feel right. in this process? Um, and if you feel kind of energized and you feel mm -hmm. like things are flowing for you, then that's probably a strategy that works really well. Try it again. Exactly. Exactly. And and I, I always find it fascinating when people find one strategy that works for one specific type of project or task and another strategy works for something else. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that happens too. And you, sometimes you think you got it all figured out and then, you know, something happens in your life and you get distracted and you got to figure it out again. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's it's it is totally. And I think too, you know, the skills and the tools and the abilities that brought you to this point in your life are not necessarily the skills and tools and abilities that are going to bring you to the next part. Yeah. So there is some change and some stretching and some growing and some asking yourself hard questions that yeah. you're like, Ugh, I don't even like that. I have to answer this for myself because I know what the answer is and it's gross. Yeah. Um, and we need to do that in order to let go of some of the things that are not working for us to yeah. embrace new tools and strategies and structures mm -hmm. that can work. Yeah. Um, and that's so important to be able to do that because mm -hmm. anytime you're choosing a big goal, you want to create some kind of a legacy in your own life for others around you. Cause I honestly don't know any legacy makers who just do it for themselves. They always have some other people in mind that they want to support and care for and help and encourage. Um, you, you can't just continue doing what you've always done. 
that's a definition of crazy, doing things the same way, but expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need to figure out how to do things a little bit differently. And I love that you talked about breaking it down. It's important to know what is the end goal. So to have a clear vision of that. And you kind of need a path. Uh, A good friend of mine, Phoebe Trotman, likens this to getting on a bus. And I love this. When a bus pulls up around you, um, a city bus, it always has something on it that tells you the number and usually where it's going, the end, the end, the destination. And if a bus pulled up that didn't have that information on it, would you just get on? Probably not. (laughs) I know I wouldn't. My life is busy. I need to know where you're going, right? And the bus driver says, opens the door and says, are you coming? You're like, well, where are you going? And the bus driver says, I don't really know. And when are you going to get there? Not really sure. Like, Talk about wasting time, right? Exactly. (laughs) Talk about a squirrel. I don't think very many, it would be a very empty bus aside from a few people who were like, this is an adventure. Let's just see. Yeah. Right. But most of us, are busy and we need to know. So it's about defining that. Yeah. What is the thing I want to do? And what's a basic plan or a general yeah. direction that's mm-hmm. going to get me there? Recognizing, of course, as you get into this and refine right. it down, that's going to shift up right. on you a bit. There might need to be a detour, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You still and have the same end point. Absolutely. And your destination may even change. Like I thought mm-hmm. I was going to do this, yep. but now yep. I'm over here. This is okay. You just take that right-hand turn on your bus and go that other road. Um, And it's really amazing when you do that. So if you've got those two pieces, then the next step is to, I love that you said that, be curious. Mm -hmm. Be curious about what's stopping you. Is it that there's some skills you feel you don't have? Well, that's easy enough to fix. You can find places to learn them, right? Is it that you are afraid of people saying no because you're say moving from a an employee mindset to an entrepreneurial mindset. Well, there's some stuff you can find that'll help you with mindset so that you can be prepared. Right? Is it that you're wearing too many hats? You know, you're the cat in the hat, your hat mm-hmm. is ten it's now ten feet tall. Maybe exactly. there's some things you need to take off your plate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be forever. It might, you might say, I'm going to push pause on this one and I'm just going to focus over here. I may unpause this later, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. I may not. And that's okay. Right. Yeah. As you're moving mm-hmm. forward, I love that. Those are all the tips and strategies that's in your book. And I love all these ideas of taking this. You have a great phrase that I've seen you use a lot um, on social media about eating an elephant. Can yeah. you just share that with us? Sure. Yeah. So I, when I was little, I would easily get overwhelmed. I still get easily overwhelmed. Um, But when I was little, my dad would say to me, it's like eating an elephant, just take the first bite. (laughs) And that usually did it. Like, okay, I can breathe. I can do one little step at a time. And that is how I got going in the beginning of, of this entrepreneurial coaching journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I just took one bite at a time, one step at a time. I can see the elephant, right? Like I know what it is. That's my endpoint, my goal. But I, I also realized I'm pretty good at breaking it down and figuring out the first bite. Mm -hmm. Um, I can support people with that stuff if they struggle with that. But 
I, I, um, I do talk about that a lot. Taking one bite at a time, one step at a time. Um, and I even created a community called the How to Eat an Elephant Community um, so that I can continue to teach people how to take one bite at a time. Yeah. Awesome. And where is that community? Do tell. I bet yeah. there's people curious about that. So that community uh, resides on my website. Um, it, if you go to my website, which is just barbhubbardcoaching.com, um, you click on how to eat an elephant community. You can find out a little bit more about it and then click on join here if you are interested. There's a two week um, like trial. So you can jump in and, and try it out for a couple of weeks. But there, within that um, kind of back end of my website, there are about 20 different strategy videos. Um, and then uh, there's also live events on Zoom, live virtual events on Zoom. And there's also a Facebook community, uh, Facebook group that is, is part of the community as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, and so, of course, that's going to be really interesting. So now tell us, Barb, about the legacy you're creating. What is what is your legacy? What are you working towards? I am so passionate about helping people individualize things so that it works for them mm-hmm. and taking those baby steps. Um, that is that that is my goal, always my goal, my why, right? Mm-hmm. I want to help one person at a time figure out how they can get things done because the it, it's a ripple effect. When um when I was teaching, it was 15, 20 years ago now, mm-hmm. um, I had a, a wonderful student, wonderful family. The parents gave me a book called The Butterfly Effect. Mm-hmm. And it was about you know, one butterfly's wings create this ripple in the world and affect all kinds of weather patterns throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And it stuck with me. I still have the book, um, but they're, they're, they gave it to me because they were saying to me, your work with our daughter will create a ripple effect. Oh. And that is when I knew that it, regardless of what I did at the time, I was going to teach my whole career, right? Mm-hmm. I was at, that was so, but regardless of where I go, that is my legacy. I want to help one person at a time. And for a while it was teaching and kids and now it's adults and, you know, but everybody has something in them that they want to get out into the world. And that is going to impact many, many, many more. Indeed. So that is my, my purpose my legacy that I'm that is absolutely beautiful I love that so folks now you understand why Barb is a dear friend of mine why I think so highly of her she is so extraordinary and her voice is just like silk I could listen to you all day um, so I'm sure there's going to be people in our audience who are really curious and would like to know more about you and your book so tell us where we can find you and the book yes so my website is barbhubbardcoaching.com and you can find a link to the book, a link to my community, a link to find out about one-on-one coaching. Everything is there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, that is just Barb Hubbard. And on Facebook, my public page is Barb Hubbard Coaching. I share a lot of, of free tips and things there. Um, the book 
Quit Chasing Squirrels and Start Chasing Your Dreams can be found on Amazon. And uh, those are my, those are the places I hang out. Yeah. That is awesome. And I want to thank you. Thank you for giving us your time today and sharing with us because procrastination is really kind of, it can be the death of a dream. Like it can be yeah. the death of your yeah. vision. You can procrastinate it right out of your life. Yep. And it's so important to figure out why this is happening and how you can better help yourself. And of course, if you need a community, Barb's got a community that can help you with that. Um, and I would highly recommend getting the book. I am anxiously waiting my copy to arrive so that I can dig into it. In fact, I'm going to see Barb in person. So I plan on getting her to sign it for me, which is very exciting. Um, so folks, I highly encourage you to reach out and connect with Barb if you've got any questions or if you're you know, you would like to know if, if she's a good fit for you. I'm sure those consultations are free, Barb. Yes, they sure Absolutely. are. Absolutely. So take a little time and have a look at it. If you are struggling with, I have this legacy vision in my head and I really want to do something about it. I just don't know how. I don't know where to start. I don't know how I'm going to carve out the time. I feel very overwhelmed. These are all areas that Barb has expertise in and she can reach out and support you as you make those steps forward, which is really exciting. And I love that as people make those steps forward, that is Barb's legacy living right there. Um, so that's amazing. Barb, thank you so much for your time. I got some really cool tips and thoughts out of today. I'm really excited about this to go away now and figure out now I got to get my son to put his clothes in the dryer. So we're moving in the right direction. Um, and uh, I need to figure out, I love the weekly planner. I'm, I'm pretty good at being organized, but I hadn't really thought about kind of breaking it down week by week, like reverse engineering things that way. So thank you for suggesting those ideas. Folks, if you found this useful, please reach out to either myself or Barb. Remember that a genuine compliment goes a long way. And People are often think the compliments, but we don't share them. So I would encourage you to reach out and share that kindness. If something she said has inspired you, let her know, let me know, because that's so important. We want to make sure that our message is reaching people and that you have an opportunity to share. Plus, it just feels good to say nice things to somebody else. So I encourage you to do that. Again, Barb, thank you for your time and your wisdom. I truly appreciate you. Everybody else, remember that you are. Awesome. Go start living your legacy today. Have a good one. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd, but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play, and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. 
can't wait to see you there.